Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, January 7th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Joe Biden's two big speeches. Number two, the latest on government funding. And number three, what Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said at CES. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The top story of the morning in Punchbowl News AM is a look at President Joe Biden and his two speeches, a speech he gave yesterday, uh, one year after the January 6th uh, insurrection, one that he got very widely praised for in terms of kind of standing up, being very muscular in his defense of democracy, in going after uh, former President Donald Trump and his role uh, in instigating that, as well as kind of fomenting some of the kind of ire in the Republican Party and the big lie and all of that. But he's got another big speech coming up next week as well. Yeah, that's right. He's um, he is next week. He's so let's just put, lay this out for a second. He has this. Um, you know, he's in this interesting moment in his presidency. I mean, things are not going particularly well for him and for his administration, his and his party. His job approval numbers are not great. COVID's back and raging, although many people are not getting sick from it. He is, uh, many people are getting sick, but it's m- way more mild than previous uh, versions of the, of the virus. Um, so yesterday, we know what his goals were, right? He just wanted to beat Trump over the head and and talk about authoritarianism and all that stuff. I mean, we don't have to go over and all the stuff that he said yesterday. It was all over TV. We've written a lot about it. Uh, next week, he goes to Georgia and he will talk about voting rights with uh, Kamala Harris uh, and presumably Raphael Warnock, who is the big one of the big uh, figures about uh, when it comes to voting rights. Uh, his goal is to pass is to build public support for voting rights, um, not to bash Manchin and Cinema over the head, Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin over the head with a with a bat like Chuck Schumer has been doing. Um, but his goal is to raise the national profile for the issue, and and that includes. Let's be clear, that includes. Um, changing the Senate rules, the Senate rules he's forcefully defended for 40-something, 50 years or however long it's been since he got into public office in the 70s. Um, So what are the, I mean, let's, power people politics, it's our mantra, let's talk about the risks here. I mean, um, doesn't he, 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 Joe Manchin's been impervious. I I don't think, Biden has no other play here, right? I mean, but I actually think it's, kind of smart. I mean, in some ways, right, he has lost the inside game in Washington right now, right? His agenda is completely stalled. Bill Backbetter is not happening. Voting rights, as far as we can tell, are is not happening. There's not going to be massive changes to the filibuster rule, right? I don't and think so. so. At least at where it stands now. And so why, I mean, for, the, for him, he, he's nowhere in Congress in terms of moving his massive agenda. So why not go to Georgia, which is going to be a key battleground state that is clearly riled up its home state senator, one of, as you say, one of the leaders on this issue. I mean, you know, he doesn't have a lot of other places to turn. Agreed. So why not? There's a million reasons that I could think of why not, um, just for argument's sake. I I mean, listen, I I went back and forth with people in the administration about this yesterday. Um, 
let's let's just go through let's go through what's at stake here, Anna. That's probably the best way to do this. I mean, and we write about this this morning in the newsletter, but this is what his base wants. Um, the, we hear this all the time. The president should use the bullet pulpit. We heard it with Donald Trump, who never did it with any um, with any success. Uh, and uh, we did it. We 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 heard and we heard it with Barack Obama. Remember, I mean, Barack Obama said about I could think of a million things about gun laws. You know, I'll take this to the people and have them decide. That's that's fine. That's a long. That's I. That's a long a long um, a long shot, and it's a long process, right? It's a it's a like that doesn't support doesn't change. Plus, Mansion has a different incentive structure from a red state where Biden's incredibly unpopular. Um, number two is like why elevate a fight you're going to lose. Uh, um, again, I understand Biden's kind of in a in a in a lose lose situation here. He ha- he doesn't really have many places to go when it comes to voting rights. Um, but he can't sit on his hands here. Um, and it, in that scenario, if he can't sit on his hands, he's got to do something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how he does this speech. Is it does he kind of channel what he did yesterday, where he kind of comes at it from a very fiery point of view and is really kind of laser focused on it? Is it a more winding speech? I do think, um, to your point, there are huge risks, right? This is probably not something that is he is going to win. The Democrats are going to get you know wide scale voting rights um, in overhaul. There, you know, there's already some movement where you see Democratic senators meeting with Republican senators to do a much more narrow issue when it comes to the Electoral Count Act. Um, but I, I think it's going to be something to watch. And I do think, as much as yes, why elevate a fight that you're not going to win if you're Biden. You're, you know, you're not going to win conservatives over on this issue, right? There's a clear partisan divide on it. But to your point, I think that you've made, it's like he also needs to give his base something, right? They're, you're going into a midterm election. This is the existential crisis that Democrats feel like they are facing. Um, true or not, that this, this um, you know, election integrity, the, the future of the vote, the ability to vote... And if he can't just be seen as some as the leader of a party and kind of like, oh, yeah, and this is another thing I have on my to do list that I can't that I'm not I'm not anywhere close to. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that. I, I get I get it. I, I, I understand what he's doing here. Um, and I mean, listen, he did try to do this with the BBB. And I said to uh, an administration official, what's the difference here? Uh, from the BBB where you'd built public support and it's kind of crashed and burned. And this administration official suggested to me, um, well, BBB is really popular. That's their view. Um, and we are, uh, and we got the entire party behind it besides Manchin. So, you know, this is just the reality of having Joe Manchin in the Senate and, and having a majority, a 50, 50 majority. I hate to say it. Um, uh, if, if you're a Democrat, that's not a great, that's kind of cold comfort at the end of the day, all, all this together. I mean, they got to do this, this voting rights thing next week. Um, uh, and they got to look to, uh, they got to look for, they got to, Chuck Schumer's already promised something by January 17th by Martin Luther King day, which is a week from this coming Monday, 10 days from now. So they got, so, so Biden goes to Georgia Tuesday. They probably tee up this vote for Thursday. And, um, 
that's a big week for for Senate Democrats. And by the way, the House is going to be in session. So all of those House Democrats are going to be complaining about the BBB and voting rights. So we have a big week ahead of us. All right, let's move quickly on to the number two story of the morning, the budget. So basically, if BBB is stalled, as it appears in all manner, shape and form, I think the question that we're asking this morning is, does that leave room for a big budget deal, right? So we've been talking about this for the last several days, the concept of kind of Republicans holding out on some sort of a budget deal because they didn't want to do that if the Build Back Better Act was going to pass. Now that it looks like it's not, at least in the short term, we've really started to see some maneuvering on the Senate Appropriations Panel and elsewhere to try to get something more than just a continuing resolution or just more than just the continued funding that is happening right now that is going to be ended at February 18th. That's the deadline for which the Senate needs to act. That's right. I mean, listen, the... the um you got to just make a you got to uh, make a calculation here that um, if you the, the, the pressure to not do a stopgap measure, which is the most likely scenario at this point, is um, is intense. And um, I, I would have to imagine that. Uh, Lay that out, though, because I think sometimes it's I mean, we go hurdle to hurdle. I mean, one of the things we often say is, you know, Congress can barely do anything except for keep the lights on oftentimes. But why is there the opposition on both sides from both parties that just funding the government at the current levels is not the correct pathway forward? Well, it would that's a good question because they it would for a million reasons. Number one, it would screw up um, defense spending. It would it would put a lot of programs at risk. And um, this is not how the government needs to operate. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's not cool to have the government operate kind of on band-aids all the time. And and um, that's not why you get into the majority. I mean, obviously, Republicans want to do it because that they are in the minority. They're in the opposite. They don't. A lot of Republicans want to do it. Some don't. Um, I would have to say that by and large, it's not a popular proposition, and if you're Chuck Schumer or if you're Pat Leahy, the Senate Appropriations Chair, you want to get your programs funded in a big way, and that's not happening under a stopgap. So that's where we are. But I mean, listen, Democrats are not going to just say the BBB is done. They're just not going to do that. So you have to you have to then kind of from there you have to then kind of take a take a look at. Um, uh, what's next and what is next for the rest of the year. And, and I, I just don't think that anybody's going to come to the conclusion quickly that, um, that this is all done. Anyway, I, I, I just, this is another fight that will happen. It'll come. It, it's, it's a month away. We're a month away from a shutdown and that's, uh, it's important to keep in mind. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. This week, Punchbowl News has partnered uh, with CES as a media partner. It's been great. Uh, the big tech conference in Las Vegas. There's been a ton of Washington figures, lawmakers, obviously lobbyists and other industry folks out in Las Vegas, despite Omicron, um, you know, kind of holding forth, talking about the future of technology, about regulation. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was actually there yesterday, Jake, and he delivered a virtual address to CES, making the case why government deserved to play a crucial role in technological innovation. Uh, Just a couple 
quick things, the top kind of takeaways that our colleague Max Cohen had uh, from that is one, not surprising probably to most of us, Buttigieg is excited about implementing the bipartisan infrastructure law. If you're transportation secretary and you're not excited about that, there might be something wrong with you considering he's going to have substantial power in doling out money to fund new projects nationwide. He also talked a lot about the role that government plays in innovation. You know, oftentimes there is that frustration and that disconnect between kind of the valley and regulators and kind of coming up against each other. But Buttigieg uh, unveiled the department's six guiding principles for innovation, asserting that championing innovation isn't solely for the private sector. And he also addressed the anniversary of January 6th in an a unique way. Um, You know, he talked about misinformation and domestic extremism and how that led to the direction declining faith in American institutions also playing a role. Yeah, interesting from Buttigieg, who has been, um, quite frankly, didn't have a lot to do with the the, uh, uh, passage of the infrastructure law. Um, It was mostly a senior administration official slash Biden kind of priority, which was surprising to me. But this is Buttigieg um, uh, laying a marker down, I'd say. And that's interesting to us. Absolutely. And just as a note, what's interesting this morning as well happening, Senator Jackie Rosen, the Democrat from Nevada, is hosting a discussion with bipartisan members, uh, including Senators Maria Cantwell, Marsha Blackburn, Shelley Moore Capito, and Susan Collins. Uh, So we're going to be watching that, and we'll be reporting on it throughout the afternoon. A big thank you to CTA and their partnership on this event. And with that, thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.